Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we sat down with Roberto Tondo. He is from Lodali, and these guys are throwing fire. Every single wine that they make is absolutely exceptional. I had the chance to taste through them this week, and I loved every single one, even the Moscato. And you won't hear me say that often. It is phenomenal. I hope that you enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed doing it. Cheers. And we're live. Great. Roberto. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to have you here. Um, we, we did this luncheon the other day. The wines, I, I must admit, I was uh, a little ignorant to it. I've had some Lodali wines before, but tasting through the whole lineup like that was a, a pleasure for me. Uh, and it seems like it went over really well. Yes, I think it did actually did go very, very well, and uh, I was so happy to share the emotion, the passion that I have for Lodali Wineries with all the guests, the people that attended this event. No, it was good. It was really, really good. Yeah, my dad enjoyed it. He said it, he had a great time. And he did. Apollo <laughs> cooked a great meal. And uh, yes, I mean, I was sure of the quality of the food to begin with, uh, and... Um, uh, of course, Lodali wines are great, uh, but the, the pairing with the, all the dishes uh, were just perfect, I have to say. Excellent. so. No, he does uh, a great job with the pairing he does, over there. He does, he does, he does. So, Can't uh, wait to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... And it's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. You're you're probably... Uh, this is your first trip, I would imagine, or, or early on at least. Oh, it's crazy because um, Florida was uh, the last place I've been into when, before everything shut down last year. I actually got stuck in Florida for a week because I couldn't get a plane back to Italy. Which, I mean, was not a bad place to stay anyway, <laughs> still. <laughs> but uh, as soon as they reopen uh, the flight back to USA this year, mm, beginning of November, I said, okay, I'm going straight away. So I'm happy to be back. So happy to be back. I love Florida, and uh, I love the feedback that I get from all the people that I meet, uh, customer, uh, private consumers. It's always great. It's always great. Well, it must be really easy having a uh, phenomenal product where everyone's just happy to see you and happy to uh, drink the wines. Well, let's say that uh, <laughs> it makes my job very easy, let's put it this way. It would be uh, a lot more difficult if you were peddling something you couldn't get behind. Oh, no, no, no. This is not the case at all. Uh. No, Lodali is indeed a great um, family history, family case. Uh, and um, basically, I mean, everything started back in the, the last century. Lodali family started in, uh, well, the one itself was started in uh, 1939. And um, I like to think of the Lodali history as a fairy tale because um, Walter's grandfather, Giovanni, he was running a small restaurant, although maybe restaurant is not really the, the right word because it was an osteria. And in those times, just before the war, osteria would, would not just give you a menu, menu to choose from. You would just go in and eat whatever the chef or the cook was cooking for you that day. And that's it. And it was common practice for uh, pretty much everybody to serve uh, a wine that they would make themselves. And uh, he was just serving nice uh, nebbiolo, nice dolcetto. And uh, it happened that uh, uh, some people started asking for uh, uh, Giovanni to, if they could buy some wines to take home with them because they loved the quality of these wines. And um, Giovanni very happily said, yes, take as much as you want, uh, don't worry. But this demand starts to increase. And at, at one point, uh, Giovanni's, uh, Giovanni Lodali had to decide whether to continue with the Osteria, the restaurant, or maybe to change his line of business and move to something different. So he go for the second option and uh, he closed the restaurant and just 50 meters away from where the old restaurant was, he opened uh, the Lodali winery. 
Uh, something very important is uh, that uh, basically he decided that uh, it was important, mandatory that in order to make good wines, you must choose uh, the the right spot, the right the right vineyards, and so that's how it all started. Of course, to buy vineyards in those days was a little bit simpler and easier and cheaper than it is today. Of <laughs> today, course, today is not like that. <laughs> but uh, this is the same kind of uh, philosophy that then uh, Giovanni passed on to his uh, son Lorenzo, and Lorenzo and Rita Lodali were able to pass on to Walter, the present winemaker and uh, owner of the winery. Then, uh, mm, I just already mentioned Lorenzo, so Lorenzo took over, and Lorenzo Lodali was probably one of the first uh, wine producers in, Euro- in, uh, in Piemont, in uh, Lange, to export his wines outside of Italy. So this was, was also a great um, kind of, uh, how do I say, pioneering thing for us. Then, unfortunately, uh, Lorenzo Lodali passed away when uh, Walter was only four years old, and uh, this was not really a great uh, moment for the family and also because uh, Rita Lodali, she, w- she had a totally different background. She was, uh, had it in those times, she was an hairdresser and uh, she had to decide what to do actually. Should I continue with the winery uh, or should I continue with my business uh, hairdressing? I also have a four-year-old boy that I need to grow, to raise. So was li- she was a little bit concerned. She really, really wasn't sure uh, what to do. Also, the local community got very close to her, and uh, they basically helped her a lot to continue. So she, uh, in the end, decided not to sell the winery, and I'm very, very happy that she decided this way because t- that's why we are here today, thanks to her. So even though it's a two-generation uh, history, I like to think that uh, the time that uh, Mama Rita, Rita Lodali, took uh, in, was in charge of the winery, there was there was like an extra generation. So she was waiting for Walter to grow up, and ev- eventually he did, actually a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you met Loda- Walter, so you yeah, know, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So Walter, at the beginning, he wasn't really totally involved in the, in the winery because he was, he was also running uh, a, some of, a, one hotel and a couple of restaurants. But once again, his mother said to him, well, now you have to decide what you want to do. You want to continue with the restaurants and the hotel, or you want to put all your strength into the winery. And Walter decided to leave the restaurants and the hotel behind, uh, give it to somebody else to manage it. And he really concentrated, he committed 100% to the winery. So he graduated uh, at the wine school in uh, Alba. And in 2005, uh, he started to make his own wine. The very first thing that Walter wanted to make, as soon as he got in charge of the winery, he wanted to create a special line of wines dedicated to his father, Lorenz. So if you look at my at my labels, some of those, uh, some of them uh, with a yellow label, gold label, they carry a name Lorenz. So Lorenzo means Lorenzo, <laughs> and Lorenzo, like I said, is uh, Walter's father. So for these wines, we only use the, the best grapes coming from the oldest vineyards that we have. What is the uh, average age on those wines? The vines, uh, they range between 35 and 60 years old. Wow. Very old, very old. That's so unbelievable. The Chardonnay as well. Also the Chardonnay. Also, also the Chardonnay. But this, can, uh, man, you can imagine being sold, uh, what kind of yields we're talking about. Very, very, very low. Yeah. And we all know, being all in a wine business, that uh, low yields uh, very often also means very good quality. When uh, Walter's father passed away, mm-hmm. I mean, his mom pretty much took over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... And, and uh, I mean, that must have been very quick, right? That must have been very fast, like, for her to have to, like, oh, my gosh, now i got to focus all my energy here. How, how did she handle that? Well, uh, one day you will meet uh, Mama Rita. Yeah. And they, they, they will answer October. your question. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will answer your question. She's an incredible woman. She's an incredible woman. Uh, she's a strong woman. 
Uh, I, I've been lucky enough to meet her many times now, and uh, really, even though she's over 80 years old, uh, she has an energy that is uh, contagious, oh. really contagious, although contagious is not a good word to, uh, to, <laughs> well, to, use, to use at the moment, <laughs> but really, this is what, what she is. Uh, uh, I go there and I see people uh, going there to buy wines in the winery, people that she actually saw growing because uh, they were going there with the fathers before them, and uh, Mamarita was always there, <laughs> so <laughs> she's an incredible woman. And uh, really, uh, Walter makes great wine, but uh, Walter himself would say this, would say this uh, uh, if uh, today Walter is and Lodal is what it is, uh, it's thanks to his mother. And uh, I really wish uh, that very soon all of you uh, listening to us will be able to come back to Italy and visit us. Yeah, yeah, we've had some people go already go, so that's oh, great. Fantastic. You know, fantastic. we've had some people go. So, what is the travel getting into Italy like right now? Um, uh, if you're talking about the, from the pandemic point of view, yeah. is uh, not complicated or not really that complicated because uh, restriction they keep changing day after day. But you know, as long as you get uh, the vaccine and as long as you get uh, a swab before you you fly over, it's quite easy. Easy. It's quite easy. So you have uh, a couple Chardonnays in the mm-hmm. portfolio, correct? And then um, you have Barbera, uh, Barbaresco, mm-hmm. Barolo, um, Nebbiolo d'Alba, Nebbiolo d'Alba, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, a crazy good Moscato. Yeah, the Moscato is like, great. I mean, legit Moscato, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, one last crazy wine called Alchimia. Oh, Alchimia. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's, oh, how yeah, could, it, how could you? How uh, could you? Perry. Such a beautiful blend. It is. It is. No, you're right. I mean, these are the great varieties that we use at the wineries. Uh, in fact, the Alchimia is the only blend that we have. Uh, and I'll tell you about this in a, in a minute. But also, I mean, Giovanni's first and then uh, Lorenzo after that. And then finally, Walter. We always uh, um, really committed to buy uh, or to, cher- to search uh, vineyards in the best spot. So today we have 16 hectares of vineyards. And uh, indeed, we produce these varieties. Uh, the Chardonnay, we do two different styles. One is a regular Chardonnay, a Languedoc, uh, very fresh, very easy to drink, yeah. very popular here in Florida, I have to say. And the other one, and the other one is the Chardonnay Lorenzo, very small production. He only do, we only do like uh, four thousand bottles per year, so very very small production. The wine is aged in barrel for one year, and then it's bottled, and after one year it gets the markets. And uh, also we don't the one is pretty quite su- su- successful over here in Florida. Of course, being the production so small, uh, we have to allocate this wine. But I guess that I mean probably you in Florida get the best allocation of this wine yeah so for people just listening uh what's the style of that lorenz chardonnay made in um uh, it's a wine which is uh, aged in wood but you will not find uh, a vanilla taste vanilla nuance on it indeed uh, remains uh, a very fresh mineral wine of course some aging can only help the wine to develop but uh, it's a wine that w- as soon as you open it, you can dr- you can drink it without any problem. Neutral uh, oak, I would imagine. That's right. That's yeah. right. So you don't get any 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 vanilla taste. Larger barrels. No, barrique. No. Small okay. barrique. Wow. Two hundred twenty-five liters only. And um, this is my personal opinion. I think that a wine should be ready to drink as soon as you open it. And uh, some people say to you, "Oh, this wine will be ready in ten years." Well. Not, in my opinion, it's not really the case. One should be ready f- as, soon, as soon as it's ready, as soon as bottled. Then, of course, 10, 15 years of aging can help to change, to develop the wine. But if you bottle something good, and this is the case, uh, it, can only get, it can only be a great wine after 15 years. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because this was this has been a really big debate, especially in like the Piedmont region mm. for, for years, right? I mean, there's kind of the, the old guard and the new guard, and, and it kind of divided some families, if I remember correctly. Uh, you're correct. You're correct. Don't let me get really too much into 
to this uh, <laughs> familiar file which uh, I don't want to create any problem. No, but you're right. There, are, there is um, something going on, something big going on. And uh, as far as uh, Lodal is concerned, I would think that uh, we are probably embracing the two kind of uh, philosophy because for the regular line, the Abrogio line, uh, for the for the Barolo, the Rocchesetta Fratelli, for the Barbaresco, I would say that is a more of a traditional style. Whereas uh, the Lorenz line, uh, yes, I would think uh, it's correct to say that he has a more a more modern approach for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, across the whole line, what we were tasting on. Um, they're approachable now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they drink really well, especially if you put like a little bit of a decant on it. Mm-hmm. But they all have great ageability. Absolutely. I mean, they can all uh, really age out for several years. Even Absolutely. the Chardonnay has some oh, yeah. ageability uh, to it. I mean, with Barbera and Dolcetto, really, I mean, does it? I mean, how beneficial is it to age those wines? Okay, the Barbera that you actually carry in your shop, the Barbera Lorenz, the one is an incredible wine. So the one really needs some extra time um, the dolcetto maybe is a wine that you don't want to keep for 10 15 years because mm-hmm. the beauty of dolcetto is being so fruity fresh. so yeah. fresh yeah. so i think it's actually better to drink it when it's younger because still very good after two or three years by all means uh, it's a one that you want to drink when it's, ni- when it's ni- nice and young yeah. and just to be sh- just to be clear in piedmont we don't drink barolo every single day but, <laughs> we, but we drink dolcetto every single yeah. day yeah. absolutely <laughs> I think I knew that. Like you know, that was something I always like knew. You can't drink Barolo and Barbaresco. Every I would day, love right? to. I would I mean, love it'd be to. wonderful. <laughs> but we'd all to. be broke. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the idea of like a young, fruity, fun wine, right? I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. That's why I love Gamay. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's easier to drink every day than these big, mm-hmm. massive caps. That's I right. Mean, it's it's a lot easier too. And uh, I think North, you know, you you get at more acid in the North, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cooler climate. And those wines really work well with food, but you know, because of Nibiolo and or, uh, Dolcetto and Barbera, they're just so bright and fun yeah. to drink. You know, I could drink them every day. Absolutely. <laughs> but what you just said is important, too. Uh, over the last year, how's the last vintage been for you guys? Uh, it was a rough one, wasn't it? It was a rough one uh, uh, because basically all the bad things that could happen just happened. Oh, so right. despite the pandemic that uh, really involved the whole world. But um, last year, well, th- uh, this 2021 vintage, uh, we had some uh, frost back in April. We had uh, a very long, uh, hot summer, and also we had some hailstorm from that from time mm. to time uh, just before the harvest. This, of course, uh, affected some more than others, uh, and uh, we had some problems. But uh, we lost maybe a few grapes, but uh, that, that's all. Uh, as far as the quality is concerned, uh, we are very very happy. Also, because uh, in our region we do. Uh, and picking the grapes, so we are able to select first in the vineyards what is, is where to be to become eventually wine at the Lodali, and then we do a f- another selection back in the winery. So, like I said, we lost some grapes, but uh, we are we've been lucky. We've been very very lucky because the hailstorm that we got in uh, September did not really affect us that much. Well, that's good. No. That's it. The frost was a, a big one, and and all over France too. This yeah. was yeah. a bad yeah. year for frost. Yeah, and here, here again, in some areas in Piedmont, in Italy, all over Italy, it was, uh, especially in the central north part of Italy, it was a problem. It was a problem. Where we are, uh, that's why going back to what I said before, that it was always, it was always, always important to be able to buy the vineyards in the best spot. Also, that uh, helped us really to preserve the quality of some uh, grapes and also to prevent us to, uh, to have problems with the frost. We had some, but not really that much. So we are okay. We I didn't realize that you were uh, doing all hand harvesting. That oh, is, yes. Oh, yes. That oh, is yes. super. 
super labor intensive. No, no, it is, it is important and uh, is the only way that you can preserve the quality of the grapes. Because yeah. can you imagine just uh, looking after the vine and then, a, and then a cluster of grapes for a few months just before the harvest and then just throw everything in a bucket. No, you want to make sure that whatever you take to the winery is well taken care of. Yeah. And, uh, and harvesting is the only way. I think um, a question I have uh, for people listening, like sure. Barolos and uh, Barbarescos come out later, much later than the harvest dates, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. What is like, you know, we always talk about like Rioja's Reserva, Grand Reserva. Is there a DOCG that says you have to be so many years in bottle and so many years in barrel? That's right. So the DOCG appellation for both Barolo and Barbaresco, they tell us exactly how many years minimum we have to spend. They both want us to spend in bottle and in the bottle. Uh, at the moment, we don't do any reserva. At the moment, uh, they will be probably something that we will look into the future. In the future, but um, yeah, the the two different appellations run different rules, uh, but they tell us what the guidelines should be as far as the aging is concerned, for sure. For bottle and barrel, yeah. and then let's talk about Alcamilla. Oh. Let's talk about the blend because it's such a cool blend from this location. Well, the alchemia it means uh, alchemist, so it's a Greek word, and uh, only people that. Uh, no Walter can be, can really understand this wine. <laughs> so I wish for all the, all of you that all of those all of those that still don't know Walter to be able to meet him at one point one day because he's a he's a character. <laughs> so the Alchemia is a unique blend that we have. It's a fifty percent of uh, Petit Verdot and fifty percent of Nebbiolo. Uh, yes, you are right. Petit Verdot in Piedmont. <laughs> Nobody else has a, has a blend like that. But uh, Walter, I used to call him a wild guy. Uh, one of his uh, wild action, he wanted to create uh, something like a super Tuscan, but in Piedmont. <laughs> and he didn't want to make just uh, a Nebbiolo with, bar- with uh, Cabernet or Nebbiolo with Merlot. He wanted to create something very particular. So he found out that uh, Petit Verdot could be the answer. So I was able to get this, uh, to buy this very little piece, this very little piece of land of uh, very fine Petit Verdot, less than half hect- hectare, so it's a 0.4 hectare. And uh, with this, uh, he created this very, spe- very special blend. So 50% of these two grape varieties, and by the way, the Nebbiolo that we use for this wine are exactly the same grapes that we use for our Barolo, mm. or Barbaresco, I should say. Mm. So really, very, very high quality. Then uh, this wine, uh, after the fermentation, is aged in uh, barrel for 12 months. And uh, after one or one year, nearly two years of uh, bottle aging, is released. The production is very, very small. We only produce 2,000 bottles per year. Mm. So it's... Uh, more of a fun wine, but uh, I'm happy to say that, uh, I mean, I've been touring now Florida for the last three weeks, uh, from south to north, and uh, this wine really catch everybody's attention because uh, because of the blend, first of all, but because also the taste, and uh, so something very, very unique, something very, very unique. Indeed, the Petit Verdot comes out very, very nicely, but uh, it's never aggressive, it's, it's never really, it's always very well balanced with the Nebbiolo grapes. What, what is the style of the Petit Verdot coming from there? Uh, well, mm, the tannins uh, are quite fresh and quite present, I sure. should say. But um, again, we have a very long, uh, very late harvest for this one. I'm, I'm not saying that we dry the grapes in the vineyards, but it's a, it's a lengthy... Uh, Let them hang. Yeah, and is it valley floor fruit? Is it something that you have to ripen a little longer? A little bit longer. You have, to. You, yeah. have to. you have to. And then again, like I said, being the production so small for us is something... Well, for Walter, is a little joco, little play. And uh, he can wait a few extra days... Uh, these uh, grapes to be ready to pick yeah mm. you can excellent well <laughs> any, <I> any question lots <laughs> <I laughs> <laughs> of questions lots of questions good um I, as far as uh since 
uh, COVID is, you know, we've, we've gone through all COVID now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, are, are people starting to return? Are you seeing people really starting to return now? Like, I, I mean, I know people who have traveled mm-hmm. since COVID. Mm-hmm. And went to both North and South. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, what is that percentage like for you all in a tourism situation? Like for us here in Florida, same kind of a thing, right? Well, um, they say that the, the situation now is better than it was uh, a few months back. Yeah. Uh, because, yes, from outside of Italy, people have started to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there is always the concern with the vaccine uh, mm-hmm. and all the, the restriction. Mm-hmm. And we have to pay attention because uh, restriction, they keep changing. Especially now that we're getting closer to Christmas. And it's very easy to get... Uh, uh, lots of people together in one place. Yeah, uh, variants that yeah. you know. And also, I mean, let's there's, there's, there's not forget that uh, back in Europe uh, at the moment uh, it's not summer summertime. Right. It's uh, yeah. still it's cold. Yeah, so cold. we notice that all these uh, second, third, fourth wave uh, in, when it comes to in winter, autumn, and winter, always you know take some uh, some of the. Um, well, they make, they make the most. And uh, so mm, besides that, uh, the p- tourists are coming back for sure. And will you go back after this trip? Will you yes, leave um, Florida? You yes, know? unfortunately, yeah. I'm going back tomorrow. Right. Uh-huh. I'm going back tomorrow. But don't worry, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> no, no, uh, do please come to Italy. Like I said, uh, Italy is a very safe country because uh, the... Um, the performance rate in Italy is very, very high. Mm-hmm. The vaccination rate is very, very high. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really all, all fall the restriction. But I mean, at the end of the day, the very simple rule, just wearing a mask when you're just outside or yeah. when there are lots of people. Mm-hmm. Once you get to a restaurant or a winery, if you keep your own distance, uh, the distance between people, really, there is not really, really any, any problem. No, no, uh, I hope that uh, within uh, six, seven months, we should be able well, it seems like as of late, you've kind of uh, definitely gotten a, a higher success rate. Right in the beginning, I mean, you got the shit smacked out of you. I mean, it was a, it was an awful time. Yeah, but what we were seeing on the news here was yeah. just awful. It was just like uh, the Italians were spreading the virus. Yeah, that's <laughs> at what the it, beginning. It, right. That's, I mean, that's definitely but that what. Probably because it came from somewhere else and it just moved through. You know, no one knew, right? That was the, the right. start of the whole thing. That's really, right. You know? It was new for everybody. Yeah. It was new for everybody. Now I don't want to get to scientific because I'm yeah. not a, a doctor but uh, no? yes, at, the, at the beginning there was a t- the situation there was a situation but uh, I'm happy to say that also thanks to the very uh, strong restriction that we applied to it in, it in Italy first uh, uh, we are now happy to say that we are, be- we are performing better than others yeah of course this uh, makes me happy but I wish that everybody else was performing as well as we, we are because uh, I can't wait to get rid of this uh, virus and uh, trying to get back to normal as soon as possible. Well, we're coming twice this year. We're going to well. be there in June. And right. then, of course, we'll be back in October again. Can't wait to have you so there. Can't we're, wait. We're trying to throw some tourism dollars your way. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in yeah, and uh, taking some time uh, twice this week. You're on a, on a short trip, and you've uh, visited us twice, so I appreciate it so much. Anthony Perry, you cannot imagine how pleased I was to be here. And actually, I'm so sorry that now you're closing now because I'm starting to get confident with this. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> no, but honestly, I can't wait to see you back in Italy. And uh, like I said, uh, I'll, uh, I'm happy to come back over here very soon, probably around March. I'll be here. And uh, only, always happy to, to meet with you guys and with your guests, with your customer, and to discuss uh, and also drink nice ones, not yeah, just discussing yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, Thank Roberto. you very much. Grazie. Thank you. So Thank you. Grazie. Grazie. A presto. Ciao a tutti. Ciao, ciao. ciao.